Coming up is my interview with Felice from America, who is enjoying traveling through Italy and is the founder of US-based Globanista, a private travel club. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet podcast, where I talk to expats about what it's like living, working, making a home abroad. You'll get great information for your move abroad via this podcast. Also, go to the website, arewehomeyetpodcast.com, and subscribe to the blog for more helpful information to make your home abroad a success. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. I have a wonderful guest today, Felice. Introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, my name is Felice Weaver, and I am currently in Florence, Italy. Okay, great. And so, you know, I have visited Italy before. I visited, uh, let me see, Florence, uh, Venice, Montecatini, and Bologna. So, so, but still, tell us, you know, from your vantage point, what's it like living there? The food, the culture, the, the people, the, the, the ambience, the environment, what's it like? Well, you know, I've lived uh, quite a few places in Italy. This is my, um, well, this is my third stop, but I mm-hmm. do travel all over Italy. Uh, and I, one thing I would say that Italy is very, very diverse. There mm-hmm. is no one, you know, general experience uh, for Italy. A lot of people always think Italians are this or Italy is that, mm-hmm. but it's it's very, very different from the north, you know, from Naples to in, in Sicily uh, to getting into, you know, Rome and then Florence and Milano. So mm-hmm. it, it's very different. Uh, I can start with, I always kind of say that uh, Rome, Rome is absolutely amazing. It's the financial, you know, not the financial. I'm sorry. It's the cultural and political, you know, hub of uh, of Italy. Mm-hmm. And I see. I I, I bet. I guess I best can describe it this way. Uh, Rome is like your, you know, your grand, your grandfather. You know, he's kind of mm-hmm. set in his ways, and you know, <laughs> a, little, a little grumpy, and okay. you know, not going to change much. Not, there's not going to be a lot of change there. Milano, living in Milano, will be closer to an American experience. It's very hip. It's very cool. It's an international city. You know, there is a lot of, oh my God, a lot of variety in food. Because after you've been living in Italy for a while, you kind of burn out on Italian food. So you want some diversity in food and you definitely can get that in Milano. It's very, very fast paced. It's kind of a, you know, what can you do for me kind of city, you know, but, you know, sometimes you want that energy. And then Florence, where I live, Florence is like your cool auntie, mm-hmm. you know, that cool, you know, older auntie that may yeah, have a little yeah. money, you know, she doesn't have anything to prove, but she's, you know, she's on trend, she's hip, you know, and that's, that's what I love about living in Florence is that you have all this culture, you know, from the Renaissance here in uh, Florence, but then there's very much a creative energy here because there's so many universities here and especially universities in the arts. So there's a, a, a big college, you know, a college community here. And with that comes this vibrancy you know, mm-hmm. of the city. So it's like, it's like you have the mixture of the old and the new together. And it feels like, you know, it, it feels like a, it feels like a big city, but it's still a small Italian town. People always mm-hmm. think Florence is big, but it's really quite small and it's very walkable. And, you know, in, you know, two hours, you can pretty much cover Florence walking in two hours, but you have all this beauty everywhere. And mm-hmm. as far as the food is concerned, you know, the Florentine, you know, food is amazing, but I actually prefer the food in the South 
South. If anyone's coming to Italy for food, I say go to the South, you know, go mm -hmm. down to Naples and go to Apulia. You know, that's where the food is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. And so what prompted you to relocate there? Well, you know, I uh, own uh, what was Black Black Girl Travel, and now it's Globanista. Mm -hmm. And uh, it started out that I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I had a, a company called Black Weekly, mm -hmm. and we serviced the uh, African-American female community. And um, what happened is we were having these discussions. We, I always say no matter what we were talking about, we could talk about rocket science. And it would always some kind of way roll back around to me. And like someone was like, yeah, rocket science, this and this. But what about the man on the moon? Is he single? You know, <laughs> and, I would, yeah. and I would always kind of think, wow, really, ladies, this is what your life is about. You know, it's, it's, it's so male focused. And so I wanted to like dive into that and try to figure out what was this, what was this going on? Because this, you know, what was going on? Because this was not my experience. And it turned out so many of these women had, you know, well-educated, you know, you know, had amazing jobs, you know, you know, we're having like these very rich lives with the exception of being able to find mates, you know? And I was like, wow, that's really kind of interesting. And as I drilled down, I found out a lot of them just were not interested in interracial dating. And I'm like, okay, well, that could be the problem. So uh, let's try to get them to open their minds to interracial dating. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I realized that I needed to take them outside of their current, you know, environments in order to do this, you know, where they can see that, you know, people of other cultures see them, you know, that the men are attracted to them, you know, and it wasn't so much about taking them, you know, somewhere to date men, but just, just to understand that you're not invisible, you know, so what better place than Italy, you know, what better place than Italy. So as we started out with that vision and we and I came to Italy and then I just fell in love. I just fell in love with Italy. Whenever it was time for us to leave, I would just like cry like a baby, literally mm -hmm. tears. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. And I realized that this is the place I should be. This is the place that was really speaking to my spirit. And, you know, a couple of coincidences lined themselves up. And I, I had the choice to move to Italy. I basically had 30 days to make a decision to move to Italy. And I followed my passion. And here I am. Okay. Wow. That's really cool. What's your definition of home? Do you feel like you were able to create a sense of home in the time that you were in Italy? Or if not, like what was lacking that maybe in your next place would, would have that sense of home? Oh, for me, I've always been a bit of a, a, a nomad, even as a child. You know, mm -hmm. I was, you know, definitely my mother said I was one of those children that if you open the front door, you, you really have to watch me because I'm out the door, you know, mm -hmm. where other children are clinging to their mother's leg. I'm out <laughs> the door. When I was, yeah, when I was in, um, all the way back in high school, like my, I loved world geography. I loved, you know, learning about different cultures and, and, you know, and people and the food and why, you know, they, you know, were doing the things that they do. So I've always been fascinated with being out into the world. So my sense of home is, it's, it's a, it's a very, I don't know. It's a very personal thing. It's just really a feeling. It's not one thing. It's just really how I feel at that time. Like what feels like where I should be at that time. You know, a lot of people say they need this materialistically. They need that, all these other things. And that's not true for me. It's just like, how do I feel at this time? And does this feel like where I should be? Does this feed my spirit? If right now, 
is this feeding my spirit? I always say I follow my bliss and I know that's become very cliche, mm -hmm. uh, but I truly do follow my bliss. I follow my happiness. And once I don't, once I'm not happy somewhere, I know it's time for me to move on and have a new experience. So Italy feels like home for me now, but you know, who knows next year, maybe not, you know? So, um, so there's, there's no definitive answer on that for me. It's really about following my happiness and being where, where I really feel good in my spirit and this is where I should be. Let's take a quick break. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Want to make your move abroad as smooth as possible? Download the ebook from the arewehomeyetpodcast.com website for resources in making a home abroad. Unsure how to make money while living abroad? Download the free teaching online PDF with more than 20 online companies looking for people to teach various languages and different subjects. Download these two great items and make your move abroad a reality. Okay, back to the show. Okay, okay, cool. You know, like, are, were there any similarities between like where you were from and then the current place where you're living? Or Not at or... all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing similar to between Los Angeles and, <laughs> and uh, well, my first, my first place was Rome. There is nothing similar there at yeah. all. And I think that's the biggest thing I would say to a, a, an expat or a potential yeah. expat is that if you're looking for similarities Mm, you have to do a lot of research. Uh, and for me, it's for me, I'm attracted to the differences. You know, mm -hmm. I want to learn new things, you know, even with my friends, you know, I, I, I pick friends who are just, you know, completely opposite than I am because I, you know, this is how I believe this is how we learn is from mm -hmm. the differences. You know, it's not from similarities, but it's from the differences. Uh, so yeah, Rome is, was so different. It was extremely mm -hmm. different. I, I remember like just finding food since we were talking about food earlier you know in america you can eat anytime you want to restaurants are open all the time there's an abundance yeah. of food to be found you know and coming into italy and only having you know these certain windows of time to eat was huge for me you know i my first boyfriend i lost him over the fact that I wanted to eat when I wanted to eat. And he <laughs> told me I was inflexible. And I'm like, no, you're the inflexible one because you want, don't want to eat when you're hungry. And he's like, no, I eat when I'm hungry. I'm just hungry between these times because I'm <laughs> training my body to eat only at these times. And I'm like, no, but I'm hungry now. And he was like, well, just get something small. I'm like, no, I want a meal now. Mm. And so, so that was one of my biggest things was like trying to adjust to, you know, not eating when I want to eat, you know, or, uh, and because, and also I wasn't really one for cooking food. Uh, and that's another thing adjusting to in Italy, Italians love Italian food, mm -hmm. you know, and there, and to me, you know, maybe my palate is still not sensitive enough to it. Uh, there is not a lot of, you know, variation in Italian cuisine you know, except a little bit from the north to the south. But if you're yeah. in Rome, it's going to be, all the Italian restaurants are next to each other, going to probably have the same menu, yeah. you know, so you kind of go for the ambiance, you know, so, and I got 
burned out on Italian food pretty quickly, mm-hmm. you know? So that's another thing in the U.S., you know, we have such the, this wide variety of food available to us. And then you have to narrow down to like, you're going to eat Italian or you need to learn how to cook your own food. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely adjust- adjustments in the culture. Like Italians are very, very indirect, you know, and Americans are direct. You know, so I found myself getting in trouble a lot because I was being very direct. Like, <laughs> let's bottom line this conversation. You know, we're taking too much time. Yes, no. Okay, I'm out of here. And you can uh, you can agree on something in Italy, but still you need to talk about it for another half an hour, you yeah. know, because there's such in, in this indirectness that everyone needs to make sure you truly understand what the answer is. And I'm like, oh my God, it's driving me absolutely crazy. You know, so there's things like that. So you really should, you know, do some research and learn about the culture. It's not just about, you know, the fluffy stuff, but really trying to learn about the cultural differences because that's the part that really will drive you mad, you know, Mm -hmm. as an expat. Mm -hmm. Okay. What has that been like to be able to like, you know, uh, you know, work, work your business or, or see your business grow, you know, from, from really where, wherever you feel comfortable in the world. Like, what is that feeling? Because, you know, many people, I know when, when I worked in America, I know I often felt like, man, I'd like to live abroad, but like, how do I go abroad? But then like, you know, still like, you know, function, make money. So like, I mean, what does that feel like for you to be able to be like, wow, I can go where my heart desires, but I can still have a business and 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 see it grow and, and do more with it. Well, you know, it 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 really depends. You know, expats, um, and I know this whole digital nomad thing is going on. I shouldn't say thing, but this movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say that digital nomads want uh, to really, you know, make sure they understand what the rules are in every country they go to because not all countries are open to digital nomad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, I am fortunate enough, or I should say blessed, that mm-hmm. I don't need to work while I'm in these countries because my company runs on its own. You know, mm-hmm. technically I am not allowed to work in Italy and I'm not working in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am here and I have a business that is pretty much running itself, you mm-hmm. know, and I do kind of oversee every now and then if someone comes to Italy come to Italy, you know, I will, you know, kind of make sure that, you know, things are going great, but not in a working capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so as a, as uh, a digital nomad, I think the biggest thing I would say is really make sure you understand the laws mm-hmm. in the country that you're visiting. A lot of times people think, oh, I can just grab my laptop and my computer and mm-hmm. I can go and work anywhere in the world that I want. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true, you yeah. know, uh, especially if you're talking about an extended period of time. Like if you're in some place and you're in a 90 day, you know, tourist visa, you know, mm-hmm. there's not, you know, pretty much, you know, no government is going to really come after you, you know, mm-hmm. because you're working a little bit within those 90 days. But if we're talking about extended periods of time where a visa is required, you have to really understand what type of visa you have and what are what what is allowed to happen uh, under that visa. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of them, you cannot work. You're not, you know, technically should not be able to work. Like, for instance, coming to Italy on an elective a resident residency visa, which basically means you're retiring in mm-hmm. Italy, 
you cannot work as uh, as a digital nomad in Italy on that visa. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only come to visa, you know, work in Italy on a on a on a work visa, you know, and ba- basically a, a visa that allows you to work independently, which is a different visa uh, for work. But you have to really know what type of visa you on you're on in order to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where people like myself come in. You know, I do have a free service that I offer for Mm -hmm. people that want to to come to Italy. I do it just out of of passion. Once again, as I say, I'm a person that really goes with their feelings and Mm -hmm. it's something that I'm really passionate about. So I do have a free service that I do offer for women who are interested in relocating to Italy. Mm -hmm. And and then also once they arrive, because getting the visa to come here is one thing, but Mm -hmm. then there, there are, you know, all these, you know, things that you should know that once you arrive and I'm sure being in Singapore you can you you can uh, you can relate to that mm-hmm, you know there mm-hmm. are just so many things like getting the electricity on you know getting yes. your telephone service set mm-hmm. up you know getting on if you're getting on the health insurance you know how you know I mean on the national health plan there's just so many things that you need to do and then also just finding a community that you can thrive in especially if you don't speak the language it's finding a community of people you know that you can kind of lean on, you know, while you're learning the language and while you're learning the culture. So I think that's really important, you know, to have some type of, you know, contact with a local, you know, before you even arrive into the city. So then I guess I wonder too, like, what are the struggles and joys of being an expat? So you mentioned a little bit, uh, you know, really a little bit of the joys, but like, you know, any struggles that you can mention that come along from, you know, going to, to a different country, different countries? Uh, I, for me, uh, for Italy, I, I would say is um, dealing with, oh my God, the the legal side of things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm sure a lot of digital nomads are probably not in the countries long enough to mm-hmm. do that. But if you're someone serious about living in a country, uh, it's really, and, and this varies from country to country, but Italy is, you know, they still do things the way they did it, you know, hundreds of years ago. In Rome, they still sweep the streets with with uh, with sticks. They're <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, it worked hundreds of years ago. It still works. We know there's, you know, better brooms out there. But yeah. to us, you know, if it still works, why fix it? Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. It? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So and, and so if you're coming from some place like the United States, you know, the U.S. is considered, you know, a baby compared to, you know, some of these other cultures, you know, mm-hmm. where they've had to, you know, you know, they've had to, you know, mix things together for centuries and make things work. And Americans, you know, we come, we go around the world and we expect everything to happen now. We're expected to get what we want when we want it. Uh, We are expected to be able, and if we can't get it when we want it, we think that we can pay our way, you know, well, that's all right. Well, can I just pay you to do this? Or I can pay you to do that. In a lot of countries, the money means not, not that it doesn't mean anything to them, but it doesn't carry the same weight as in the United States. It's really about establishing some sense of community and some sense of, uh, I, I say community or even family, you know, that you can depend on or you can go to because it's not about the money. And I say, and I would say, this is a skill uh, that Americans don't necessarily have, you know, because we're not, uh, we're, we're, we're not used to having to do that is to really get into, we, I would I put it, let me back up a little bit. We're used to stand on the surface a lot, especially when it comes to business and also that trickles down into our relationships because we can be very guarded. Uh, and uh, in a lot of these countries, it's far from 
far from being guarded. Like if you live in Italy, you need to understand everyone is going to be in your business. Everyone's going to know about you, you <laughs> know, that that is just part of being here. And okay. I found that, that that way in other parts of the world. Like this, mm-hmm. for me, that's how I was when I was in, Ta- in Thailand, when I was in Bali, mm-hmm. you know, people really want to know you and they want yeah. to know you quickly, you yeah. know, so it's not yeah. this guardedness, you know, it's like you have to really be open and allow people into your life and understand that if you're if you're going to forge these friendships friendships are about really opening up and allowing people in you know into your world and it's something that can be a struggle i think for americans yeah 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 um (laughs) i i so agree that definitely was a struggle um so i remember uh february 2020 you know when covid really had, you know, just kind of like spread everywhere and really started to like really kind of cement itself. And we realized like, wow, like this, this is a serious thing that's going on. Um, so I remember like I was living in this neighborhood in Beijing before I moved to Shanghai. And, and I remember like my, so, so we had like, like, uh, an apartment complex, like he was just, uh, just, uh, not, not the manager, but like, like a community kind of liaison. And so, you know, I didn't really speak, you know, enough to like understand at the moment. I mean, now, like I've, you know, picked up more since like years have gone by. And, you know, I remember like at first, you know, he kept asking me like, Nitulama, Nitulama. And I was like, what? And so finally, like I finally, you know, he, well, actually he turned on the translation app. And so what he was asking me was, have I eaten? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, because, you know, at the time, like, you know, so many places were closed down and, you know, like lots of expats had like left the city. So like expat restaurants, you know, really closed. Lots of places were closed down. And, you know, so, you know, maybe he might have been concerned, like, you know, well, hey, like, do you eat? I don't know. Like, maybe do you eat Chinese food? Like, you know, are you okay? Um, and Mm -hmm. I, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I have. And, and, and at the time, and I think that, and at the time that was my only reason for cooking was because places were closed down, but like, like the little neighborhood, like grocery stores, you know, like the little stalls, they were selling vegetables and tofu and stuff. So I would go out and actually get that and then come right back in. But yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, so yeah. So I was able to tell him like, yeah, Dway, Dway. Um, and so he was like, okay, okay. And, you know, he asked me that like, like several times a week and, you know, Aww. and, and, and I didn't mind because, you know, I guess I, I understood that like, Hey, you know, I mean, he sees that like, I'm the only foreigner in that apartment complex and really like, you know, for like blocks and blocks, you know, there's no other foreigners. So, you know, I mean, it was nice that someone was being nice. I mean, especially when like, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how long it was going to go on. I, you know, I didn't see any other foreigners. So, you know, it, it definitely was nice. I mean, at first it was like, why are you asking me if I've eaten? Like, what, what's this about? But, you know, but, I mean, <laughs> but thankfully, like it clicked, like, you know, like I started like, you know, putting context to it and, and I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, I remember when I moved to Shanghai, you know, he was just so nice. And, and he was just like, you know, telling, well, through the translation app, you know, and, and I hope it goes well for you. And I hope you're happy. And, and I'm like, well, thank you. Thank you. You know, and, and we had, you know, created like some kind of friendship there. So I get it. And I get it definitely. Cause like in America, like, you know, and I'm sorry to say, but it's the truth. You know, I didn't know my neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't yeah. know their business. They didn't know my business. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know what I mean? Like definitely no one cared if I had eaten or fallen down or nothing. I mean, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. We're very independent. So I completely agree with you on that. You know, yeah, people, people do get in your business, but it is more out of concern than it is for like, you know, kind of like nefarious purposes I've noticed. Right. Yeah. 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 You're, You're part of the community. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And that's a good feeling. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and leave it there. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today on this podcast. Are we home yet? A podcast again for future expats to gain insight, inspiration, information into like what it's like living abroad and for current expats to talk about the joys, the struggles of, of living abroad. And so with that, I'm going to say, I hope everyone has a great day. And Felicia, I hope you have a great day as well, too. Thank you. Ciao. My next interview is with Laurel from America, a web developer currently in Germany. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to arewehomeyetpodcast.com. I'm Jalila Clark. See you next time.